Lord, I thank you today. This word that you've given me to share will bring life, will bring hope, will open eyes, and will lead us to where we're going in you, Jesus. You said we would go from glory to glory. Lord, that's where we want to go. There would be more and more of you visible to this world in everything that we say and in everything that we do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, it's good to see all of you today. We changed the seating just a little bit for the, today because um, I noticed last Sunday when my husband preached that the first two rows, there was nobody sitting there. I don't know if people just didn't want the prime seats in the house or they just didn't know they were available or what happened. But the Lord knows where we are today, amen. And uh, I wish I hadn't, didn't have to stay hooked up to everything. It, there's no real professional way to get out of that mess. But I do believe God has a word for this church for today, and I'm glad you're all here. How many of you are ready to go where God wants you to go? We, can't, we cannot continue to look at COVID. We cannot continue to look at racism because we do not have it. What we have are angry people who are on a cause, who are like David and Goliath, and they're challenging the body of Christ. That's who they're really challenging. It's the enemy, not people. And we are up to the challenge. Amen? Amen. Let's make our confession this morning. The Word of God is truth. We're going to say that one first, okay, because Pastor Bill's back there. And uh, it goes well with me if we do this. Here we go. The Word of God is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. And then our confession about who we are. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Give God praise this morning. He's worth And give a clap offering for the worship team. And Wanda this morning, um, we had our electricity go off last night, and I wasn't sure how many of you were in that position. All the electricity went off, and uh, boy, that was quite a storm that went through there for just a minute. Um, I'm believing that God is going to come through with such a force of the wind of the Holy Spirit that people are going to turn around and say, that had to be God. How many of you would be in agreement with me for that? That had to be the Lord, <laughs> because I'm excited about what God's getting ready to do in the earth. And I think uh, because of all that we've walked through the last three or four months, Justin walked through a, a, a 10-month endurance race. You know, sometimes in our life, we run into things that are greater uh, in what they're uh, causing us to have to do than what we'd like to do, but in the midst of everything, the Word says God works all things together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And we all love God this morning, right? Do you all believe you're called according to His purpose for your life? Then we know that no matter what we face, we have to keep looking forward. Everybody say forward. And uh, I know last week a lot of people were on vacation, so a lot of people weren't here. But my husband uh, let the congregation know. Some of you may have heard it on the 
uh, on the video. Those of you watching may not know it, but uh, he has felt for a while that he needed to take more time and just devote it to what God's been asking him to do for the people in Sudan, the, the children there in the dreamland, also for orphanages around the world. We even have a separate corporation that really is a Victory World Outreach. It's a part of this ministry, but it's a separate corporation. And in that corporation, we have a lot of people who have a heart to help people, especially in other nations, but in our nation too, with children. There's a real call of God right now to take care of the children. Why? Because they're the next generation. And uh, I know from taking care of my mother, somebody might have to take care of me. I haven't found which kid's going to do that yet. After last weekend, when they all visited, it may have to be one of you. Because they're not all, they're volunteering, but I don't like the way it's going to be handled. So I'm going to have to find me a new POA. I've experienced that role. But, you know, God, God is working in the earth, and we have to be available for what it is that's our purpose. And so, uh, you know, several years ago, I also stepped into that role of more the lead pastor for my husband. I want to tell you this. I serve my husband. Whatever he asks me to do, <laughs> that's what I do. And so I serve alongside him. Or if he says, you know, I want you to do this, and I believe I'm supposed to do this, then that's what I do. And I believe God for the anointing to do that. Because in the kingdom of God, there's neither male nor female, Jew or Greek. It, we're all the same. In the spirit, we are spirit beings. Everybody say spirit beings. And when we get to heaven, that's who we're going to be. Now, our soul will be there. We'll know who we are. But we all belong to God, and it's not a woman-man issue. It's not a black-white issue. It's none of those things. It's a God issue. And God has called people for different seasons for different things. And if there's anything I've learned in 40 years of ministry, it's you have to be available. And age has nothing to do with it. And that's what I want to talk to you today about being willing and obedient. I was going to call it blessed and prosperous because people listen better when you say blessed and prosperous. When you say willing and obedient, people kind of think, ooh. But that's the word of God. And this is what it says in Isaiah uh, chapter 1, verse 18. And I believe God is saying this to the church. Come now and let us reason together. God wants to talk to us. God wants to reveal things to us. Says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. How many of you are glad for that? You know, the next part uh, wouldn't even be something we could be effective in if that weren't what Jesus did for us. He took our sins away, and he, he changed us from who we were to who we are today. And so then he says, after we've reasoned through that, he says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse, everybody say, if you refuse, and rebel. We have a lot of rebellion today facing us in our world today. And it's in the church too. You shall be devoured by the sword. That means the enemy is going to annihilate you, not God. Everybody say, not God. You know, the church spends a lot of time being afraid of what God's going to do to them, and they don't even realize the enemy's already doing it to them. It's not what God wants to rescue. God redeems. God restores. The devil comes to steal, to kill, 
and destroy. So we got to get our enemy right here. We do have an enemy. It's, it's not uh, people that are different color than us. It's not people who think different than us. It's not people who have better ideas or not as good as ideas as us. It's the devil. Everybody say the devil. And he is working uh, overtime right now in our nation to divide us to the point where I believe this election's critical, and that's all I'm going to say about it. It's critical, church. It's critical for the church. That's why they've messed in our business. We can mess in theirs. And we begin to declare that we will be ruled by righteous people who make righteous decisions, who stand for truth. I'm thankful our president this week said, if you don't open the churches, I'm coming in and I will get the churches opened. Why? Because God is at the center of this nation. Now, I thank God for that. We need Christians standing up and saying, we are opening Amen? Because God is in our midst. God wants us to be in his presence. I love those of you that are watching today, and, and that's fine. Anybody who feels to watch on the video should be watching on the video. But it's time for the body of Christ to come back together. It is time. It is time for people to be where there's that koinia, there's that, that, uh, the feeling of being incorporated and being a part of something that's bigger than you and I sitting at home concerned about what's going on. God is powerful. He will take care of us. Psalm 91. But we have to be doing something about that. Everybody say, I have to do something. You have to be willing and obedient. What does that mean? Well, the word of God has to be first place. You know, the, the word of God says in 3 John 2, beloved, I wish, this is the King James, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in good health. And that's where a lot of people stop. But it says, as your soul prospers. What does that mean? Well, your soulish realm is where your will and your emotions and all those things are. So something has to be prospering in there for the first part of that verse to take effect. And that's the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. And I believe that um, we're going to see uh, the church possess the good of the land. I believe we will. I don't believe God's brought us this far. We're going from glory to glory. It doesn't say you go glory to glory and then you fall in the ditch. It says he's coming for a, a church without spot or wrinkle. Some of us need a little more ironing than the others. But God has a little, he has an iron. Pastor Bill has an iron. He, he irons everything and gets every crease out. Kind of reminds me of how God's trying to do the church. And so when we begin to come and let us reason, everybody say reason. Now, that doesn't mean you get to have it your way. That means he's going to show you his way. But when you get done being in the presence of God, you understand. Could I just say that again? It, you hear it from people, you may not get it. But if you spend time in God's presence and he says something, how many of you know you get, I got that, God. I, you got my attention. I hear what you're saying. Uh, I was raised, you know, as a Christian. Pastor Hackett was my very first pastor. Uh, I got saved in the Methodist church. And, uh, you know, we didn't clap. We didn't lift our hands. And I was the choir director. And, uh, you know, nobody turned around and looked at the people. So when God called me to turn around and look at the people, I wasn't very willing and I wasn't obedient because I didn't have to be because they didn't do it at that church. But then when I got saved and got over to First Assembly, I looked and God said, this is what I'm talking about right here. 
And there was this guy named Joe, and he led the same song all the time, stomped his foot, sang with everything in him. And uh, people clapped and shouted hallelujah. I thought, oh, boy, you know, I'm a rule follower. We don't do that in the Methodist church back at that time. But, you know, God was in the house. Everybody say God was in the house. And when God is in the house, there's an excitement. There's an anticipation. And it has nothing to do with who's, who's doing what. It has to do with what God's doing at that moment. And I am a not-in-your-face pastor. I'm a in-your-presence pastor. I believe in the presence of God. I believe if you stay there long enough, you will come out glowing. You will come out different. You will come out confident. And that's why I love worship. I love this team that we've got because they're worshipers. Everybody say worshipers. Well, you may not think you are one, but God called you to be one. And when you lift up the name of Jesus, you know, I was uh, looking in John 15, and I actually listened to a message. We're going to listen to a little bit of Pastor Hackett in a minute, but uh, I listened to a message of his from 1995 when he's speaking in Alabama, and he's speaking to all the district superintendents. And I never knew he could be so bold. At one point, he said, well, I don't think I've even said this to the district superintendents, but I'm about to. And if I go out of here, I recognize I'm voted in. That if I go out of here, I'm going out in a blaze of glory. So here we go. And, I mean, he just laid it right out there for everybody. I never saw him like that. I just saw him as very loving. And I was a single mom, and he reached out to me, and he became like a father. That's where I really saw God in church. I saw his presence in the way he treated people. Well, you know, as I was looking at this scripture, he had said this in his message that he was talking about, and I thought, this is so true, and I've said it too. It says, um, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. You know, a lot of people like to read the last part, that whatever I ask the Lord, he's going to give me. But it says that he chose you for a purpose. Everybody say chosen for a purpose. And he goes on and says, these things I command you that you love one another. The love of God will overcome any evil that is standing in our face. Because the love of God will reach beyond what we see or what we maybe think about a situation. And his love will overtake us and cause us to see what he sees and say what he would say. And that's where I believe the church is today. We are in a position to go into the highways and byways and begin to declare the truth of the name of Jesus. Everybody say the name. The name of Jesus. It's higher than any other name. And it will overcome. It will overcome any force that the devil has going on against our lives at this point in time. Now, um, we all get to make the choice. Everybody say we get to make the choice. Uh, just like when my husband began to talk to me about doing this role again. You know, um, I'm, not, I'm not old inside. I'm trying to stay young outside. Sarah back there is doing her best to put me through the trenches. I've never sweat working out in my life. I, I'm just like pouring sweat when she gets done with us. But God said, you have to be strong. Everybody say, you have to be strong. Now, you know, I don't like to be willing obedient to go there on Monday night. And Sarah says, oh, we're here. And, you know, we're all like, yeah, we're here. But 
when I get done, I'm glad I went. See, I watched my mother, and this is true of believers. God will show you examples. If you just don't do anything with your little old flesh, when it gets a little bit older, it won't want to do anything. And that's where a lot of the church is today. If I'm going to be 75 in a few weeks and I can play that keyboard and lead the worship and oversee this church and preach on Sundays, some of you need to get out of your seats. Now, I am not my husband, but I'm not, I love people, but I want to motivate people because you're going to miss the blessing of God. This message is blessed and prosperous. When God says to do something, you just say, how are you salute? You say, yes, sir, because it's a command. It's a command. And when Joshua said to the children of Israel at the very end, he said, now, listen, you need to choose this day who you're going to serve. Everybody say serve. And this is what serve means. And I, and I believe we all need to think about this. One who serves others performs duties for a person or in the home of a master or an employer. That means even at work we're supposed to serve. Everywhere we go, we are servants. Everybody say servants. We're not slaves. We're servants. That means we look forward to helping other people become all they are supposed to become. That's my heart for this church, has always been my heart for this church. And I have failed at some things because I've, I've been over-sympathetic, uh, maybe, or over-willing uh, to go the extra mile when I should have said, do it or you're not going to be doing it. How many of you ever said that to somebody? God will say that to you. He's said it to me before. Either you do it or I'll get somebody else to do it. But if you don't do it, you won't see what you want to see. I'm doing what I'm doing today because I want to see what I've seen. I want to see all of you become prosperous. I want to see all of you become who God's called you to be. So I may have to say, you're going to have to get up off your seat. You're going to have to get in the race. You're going to have to start running. You say, I'm too old. No, you're not. I think I'm about the oldest one here, but I am not stopping. When the trumpet blows, I will go. So if you don't want to be here around me, then, well, I'm not going. I don't mean that wrong. You need to be where God calls you to be, but we are going forward in this church, and we are not going to just sit here and wait for God to do something. We are going to do something, and, uh, you know, I'm getting way off my message Choose this day whom you will serve. Everybody say choose. You have to make a choice that no matter what it requires, I'm going to do this. You know, I admire Justin. When he, when he encountered that, that awful, evil work of the enemy against his life, he did not lay down and say, uh-oh. He stood up and said, I am going through here. And he did it. He did it because he had family who said, we're going through with you. So whatever we have to do, this is what we do. That's what the church is, a family. And whatever we have to do, that's what we do. That's what we do to get to the other side of whatever God's leading us to do. And I believe God's going to lead us in some fantastic things. And the man he gave me to look at this week was Caleb. He gave me three words, three words for myself and for this body, unity, loyalty, and trust. 
He said, you can only walk with people who will stay in unity and will be loyal and that will trust you. Otherwise, you can't walk with them. How many of you know there's some people that you maybe shouldn't be walking with right now because that's not the relationship that you have? God's going to separate people from people that are not walking the way they're walking. Why? Because he wants you to be who you're supposed to be. And you have to be surrounded by those that are going to walk with you. Everybody say, like faith. Like faith. Now, we're all growing in faith. Certainly, I'm still growing in faith. But God wants us to become everything he's called us to be. And it's our day. Everybody say, it's my day. How many of you are tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired? Yeah. But that's when we have to stand up and say, okay, Lord, whatever you say. Everybody say, whatever you say. I will be willing and obedient. Money is not an issue. Age is not an issue. Race is not an issue. There is no issue. God has created us for better things. And Caleb, you know, we talk about Joshua all the time. But if you look at numbers, do you know who it was who first stood up of the 12 spies? Of the 12 spies who stood up was Caleb. And he said, we are well able. Now, you know, Joshua gets a lot of credit for that. And, and later on in that chapter, he and Joshua both encouraged the people to go into the promised land. But Caleb was the one who stood up. And I was remembering that, and as I was thinking about that, God just reminded me, and it's in, um, if you could put up the, the New Living on Numbers 14, 24, it says, Caleb was loyal. Everybody say loyal. And I felt like God, I, I, I know what unity means. You know, it says how good it is for the brethren to dwell in unity, and that there the Lord commands the blessing, and there's all these unity scriptures, which we're going to talk about in the next few weeks. But today I want to talk to you about loyalty. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude, everybody say attitude, than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land and he exp- that he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of the land. Now, this is what the Lord is saying about him because he stood up and said, we are well able. Everybody say, I'm well able. I am well able. And when he stood up and said that, he, he meant uh, dissension from 10 of the 12 who were sent in to do that. But he still said it. And then Joshua said it. They went through the wilderness with all the rebellious people. How many of you have ever said, you know what, this is not my fault? And it isn't. It was somebody, maybe it was somebody else's fault. And people give up. I believe today, if everybody who ever attended this church was here, we wouldn't even be able to have a seat in here. You know why? Because those are the people who said, we look like grasshoppers in our sight. It's how you see yourself, not how others see you. And But Caleb said, we are well able to do this. And that was his reward was he would inherit land in the promised land and then his descendants. How many of you want your kids to have everything that God has for them? Well, then it's up to us to begin to take the land and possess whatever it is God's asking us to possess. And so as I was looking at this, I remembered the story, and it's in um, Joshua 14. And, you know, Caleb, he, he continued through that 40 years with all those people until they won all the battles in the book of Joshua. You can read about them. He and Joshua were still there. They were in their 80s, both of them, because they had to live through all of that mess that the other people had caused. 
How many of you know that'd be hard to still be standing at the end of that? I want you to read with me what he says at the end of that. When it comes time to possess the land, this is what he says. And uh, I just, I, I had forgotten exactly all that he had said. But when I read it, I just laughed because the Lord has been saying some things to me that I sometimes think, really? Um, seriously, you're going to, okay. Uh, <laughs> everybody say, just say, okay. Because God's going to do what he says he's going to do. And this is six. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kinzanite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Berea? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Berea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my, was in my what? Not because somebody said it, it got in his heart. It got in his heart what God had told them. You will possess the land. And then it says, so Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Didn't we just read that a minute ago? Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Because he had been loyal to God all through that situation. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am. I am this day 85 years old. See, Bill, you can do what you got to do. He tells me all the time, now I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to go to Florida and write a book for a month. You can come see me. Um, and then I'm going to go to the Sudan. Then I'm going to go to Malawi. And then I'm going to go up in those Anuba Mountains, and I'm going to see what God wants to do. I said, go for it. Amen? Why? When I read this, I thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's like Caleb. You know, not that we've been through a wilderness, although sometimes. Well, never mind. Um, you can feel like it's a wilderness, but if God's with you in it, you can endure it. COVID is no big deal to the church. We do what we do, and then we go on, and we do what God says to do. Amen? We just keep moving. We don't stop. And this is what he says. And he says, I'm, this day, I am 85 years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as the day when Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so is now my strength. Wow. For war both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Everybody say, give me this mountain. Say that again. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. What is he saying? He goes on and tells him. He says, of which the Lord spoke in that day, for you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that, was the, that, and that the city was great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Amen? And that was Caleb. You know, we know what Joshua had done. It goes on, and it says Joshua blessed him, and he gave, gave Hebron to Caleb, uh, we've been there when we visited Israel. And in the, if you read on, his family was blessed. His descendants were blessed. Why? Because, because Moses said that the, he would be blessed. God said. Everybody say God said. That he would be blessed because he went through what he went through. 
I don't think we're done going through what we're going to go through. Because I do believe there's a lot of Goliaths out there that are sticking their head up right now. And I believe there's going to be more. But we have to become fortified like Caleb was to say we are well able. Would you say that? We are well able. Say I am well able. The Bible says that if you trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might, and you love God, that you're going to be victorious. And you love yourself and you love other people. Everybody say love, love, love. That's the root of what we do. Everything that we do, if we keep that in mind, we will cross over to the other side. Now, I want to share this with you because, um, you know, I'm pretty open about things. But um, the first of the year, I heard in John chapter 14, 1 through 3, um, I go to prepare a place. I was saying to the Lord, I believe we're supposed to move. I kept feeling that in my spirit. We're supposed to move. And I know we've, you know, we stood for that building down there on 9th Street. I'm not saying God's not going to give us that, but I felt an urgency like we had to move. But I didn't know why we would have to move. But when COVID came, I understood we have to move because we can't have the church together. We cannot be together. And this is not a season for us as a church, I believe, to be in two services. We need to be together whether it's there on that video or right here, we need to be together, not divided up. And so I didn't understand. And then it says, and when I've prepared the place, I'll come for you. And I asked God that day at the river, am I dying this year? Because that's a scripture we always use at funerals. You know, the Lord goes to prepare a place. For, and I thought, well, I wasn't counting on that, you know, to be the answer if we should move. But that's what I heard. But then it was like, no, that's, that's not it. But I kept feeling that we were supposed to move. I told the prayer group I pray with, there's a shift. Something is shifting in the kingdom of God. I kept hearing the word, I'm shifting. Well, you know, I did a stick shift. I'm older. You know, we did have stick shift cars. And you stick shift that thing into more gears, and then you go faster the more gears you shift into. And it was like, we are going to shift Well, then the COVID thing hit. I thought, well, that was a shift into reverse. I mean, it it felt like that. But it was like, no, it's not reverse. This is what you need to be doing. You need to be cleaning house and praying and finding out what I'm going to do. You know, sometimes a timeout is good, even if it's one you didn't call. I believe probably Caleb learned a lot in those 40 years in the wilderness that helped him when he went in to possess that, that mountain that he said, I'll take. He learned something in that time. And so I just felt through that time, we would pray. And then that's when my husband said to me, I really feel like now's the time I have to do this. And um, so I just said, okay. And he said, well, I don't want the whole church. This is what my husband said to be dumped on you. I said, oh, it's not going to be dumped on me. It's God's church, not my church. I have a role that I'll play, but I got a whole lot of other people who can play a role in this church. So I don't have to play all the roles. I just, I just need somebody like my, my daughter-in-law Elizabeth said years ago, if she's going to be the pastor, who's going to be her? Well, I got a lot of people who can be me, can do a lot better than me. So everybody say, we're going forward. And so when this place became available, it was like just out of the blue. But immediately it was like, yes. 
everybody can fit. Everybody say, we can all fit. We can all fit here. And, uh, you know, the enemy will try to tell you lots of different things, but nothing changed that for me. Uh, when, when I drove out here and the owner was mowing, um, I pulled up and I said, my husband, well, actually what happened was it was for sale. Heather texted me at 11 o'clock at night. I saw it, and I've always loved this place. So I go in my husband, and I said, could we even think about getting the trails? He goes, what? I said, it's for sale. I just want to know, can we go there? And he said, could we talk about this tomorrow? <laughs> I said, sure. So the next morning, he said, I will call. I will call for you. Well, then I drove out here, and the owner was back here, and he had talked to my husband. And he said to me, this would be really good for us, too. I thought, this is God. This is how God works. It works for everybody. Everybody say it's a win-win. Well, then my husband said, we're going on vacation. Uh, and, and so if we were going on vacation, well, we couldn't come because we could only come for four weeks. Everybody say how God moves. This, I'm telling you, this is the truth. If you will be willing and obedient and do what God tells you, and I'm just telling you a little this because you need to know this for your life. It's not about me. It's about what God wants to do. And so I, Bill said, well, we're going on vacation, and I really want to go sooner. Well, then we were going to be gone the first two Sundays that we were even going to try to move here. Two weeks, we wouldn't even be in the office. And I said, well, that's okay. We, we probably just... He talked to the owner, and he said, well, you could have the last two weeks, but two weeks, this is a big church. This is a lot of work. Please give everybody a hand. They set up this morning at 5 a.m. so we could have church again today. And so, um, you know, I, I thought that, you know, we can't do that to our people. It would be too hard. And so uh, I just said to my husband, sure, we'll just go to Florida. And, but in my heart, I just I, I said to the Lord, I came out here, and I was praying. I said, Lord, I, you know, I, and I think I've shared this sometime with somebody. I said, I, I have to do what my husband says because he's first. And he says, we're going to Florida, so I'm sorry if we were supposed to be out here. We're not going to be here because I need to go with my husband. And so on that Sunday, you know, I was in church. We were preaching together. And I don't ever say anything without checking with my husband. I mean, I, I honor his position in this church because he's the guy that signs on the dotted line with God. He is the president of this corporation. He is the head of this church. And so I'm standing there and he's talking and I hear, ask the people if they'll follow you wherever you go. I thought, what? And I'm thinking at the same time he's talking, I can't do that. I haven't talked to him about that. I haven't asked him. I haven't said that. And it just would not leave me. So he and, and I thought, well, he'll say something if I'm supposed to say something. And about that time, he turns and goes, did you have something you wanted to add today? <laughs> I thought, okay, <laughs> here we go. And so I said, but it didn't look like we were coming. you got to know, this, he, this is not going to happen because we're going to Florida. But I said, if we move this church, would you all go and follow us? If we just send you a note and said, we'll be there next week. And people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you were saying online, but in here they were going, yeah, yeah. And uh, some of you were probably going, what? She said, what? Um, but 
I said it, and I said afterward, Bill, I'm sorry, but it just, I, it wouldn't leave me, and you said, do I have a word, and I did, and uh, he said, oh, no, that's fine, but, you know, we weren't coming here the next week. At that time, it did not sound right to me to say that, especially to all you. I mean, I might have said it to him, but see, when God says, say something, you send it out into the Spirit. You send the will of God out into the Spirit, and the, that night, we went to eat, we came home, and he said, have you felt at all like we're not supposed to go to Florida? I said, huh? Because, listen, only God could tell my husband not to go to Florida. <laughs> Honest to goodness, nobody, no, I mean, he even said to me the next day, he goes, well, I keep, I keep feeling like we're not supposed to go. I didn't say anything. And the next day, on Tuesday, he said, I've got to call and cancel. We cannot go to Florida. I don't know why, but we cannot go. I was like screaming on the inside of me. And later I went over to him. I said, could we call the owner? <laughs> Maybe we could go now. And God opened the door, and here we've been for four weeks. I believe it's a God thing that we're sitting here today. And so uh, I sit out there sometimes, and I just weep. I think, you are so amazing because nobody would have even thought of this without covid Nobody would have even been looking. But because COVID hit and our heart was to make sure we could all be together, this opened. And it was an opportunity that God had for us for where we are today. Then they said, well, you can just stay. You can just stay through July and we'll, we'll talk about August. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Because we can come together and we can pray together and we can be together. Well, this little bit I got to share with you. I was sitting out here last Tuesday, and I was praying, and I was thinking about, honestly, I was thinking about, some people have said to me, well, it's kind of far out there. I don't think it's far out here at all for people to come. But I heard God say a long time ago, you don't need to worry about where you are. You build a big fire, and people will come get warm. That's what I heard. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sitting out there, and I felt like God said, I got a fire on the roof, and I'm going to put a fire in the house. I thought, well, glory to God, cha-ching, you know. Because God wants to do supernatural things. He wants to build the local church because it's a place for people to come to be safe. It's a house where they can come and find people of like faith who can help them get over to the other side. And I'm thankful that we have online, and we're certainly going to continue that for people that can't get here. But I expect explosion of hurting people. Everybody say hurting people. Well, so I was thinking about that. And I remembered in Tulsa, you know, the enemy will say all kinds of things to you to try to get you diverted. And, and I thought, well, what if, what if this makes some, some people mad that have been protesting and they hear, you know, about what you're doing, God, and, uh, and then they come out here, you know, and they try to get in or something, and, you know, the devil tries to scare you, you know, and uh, instantly, I remember when I was at First Assembly years ago on a Sunday night, I was a new Christian, and I was just getting the hang of the lifting hands, and I was really getting into the clapping and all, the, I love music, and so it was just wonderful. I went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, whenever I could get there. And um, this one night, all of a sudden, there was this racket, and these two couples 
came in the back door. They had cowboy hats, boots, dirty clothes, and they were drunk, and they started climbing over the chairs. It would be like somebody busting through those doors, cha-ching, 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 ching, all the way to the front. And, and, and Pastor Hackett just kept on preaching like nothing was happening. And I'm thinking, ooh, you know, I come from the Methodist church. That would have sent everybody completely into orbit. You know, we didn't ever do something like that. And, uh, and they came all the way to the front. They got saved, delivered from alcohol, got on fire for God, and Tom Camp is the pastor at Harvest Church. And his son is Jeremy Camp. You know why that happened? Because God made a move. Now, I want you to listen to Pastor Hackett, because I'm thinking of Pastor Hackett, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm going to tell that story. And the next day, I hear that Pastor Hackett passed. When I was a single mom is when I ended up in that church. I was a wreck, an absolute wreck. I mean, wreck, wreck. And he recognized that. <laughs> But I had led a big cantata of eight different churches in his church. And so he called me into the office one day, and he said, Pam, we see the call on your life. I thought, dear God, I didn't know I have called to what? You know, I mean, I'm a mess. And he said, but you smoke. I thought, is that a problem? <laughs> I mean, nobody ever talked to me about it before. And he said, you smoke, and, and we can't allow somebody in leadership who smoked, I'm thinking, I don't even want to be in leadership here. I just come and, you know, I'm clapping and rejoicing. And, you know, it just broke my heart because I just, I just admired him, you know. It wasn't a week or two later on a Wednesday night, he called me up to the altar, and he said, the Lord spoke to me this morning in prayer. said, I need to ask your forgiveness and apologize because he said, you've got a lot of things you're trying to get over right now. And so smoking isn't even an issue. In time, he said, you will do what God called you to do. It just melted my heart. From then on, he helped me more than one time with situations with my kids as a single mom. And so the man became somebody that I saw Jesus in. He loved people. And that's why today, Jeremy Camp is who he is, I believe. Because when Tom Camp came flying in there, like, wow into the front of that church on a Sunday night, he, he'll tell you, let's listen, go ahead and play it. It, it. There's no DVD, it's too old, it's 1995. We've got to stop looking for quick fixes and shortcuts, and we've got to put our soul, mind, and body into the ministry of building the local church. I don't know the pastor of this church, except very casually. I don't know Mike Rippey except casually and some of these other pastors that have got these dynamic churches, but I'll tell you one thing that I know. They live, breathe, eat, and sleep this church. You don't do it by out running around all over the country dabbling in Amway and first one thing and another. You put everything you've got you put everything you've got. In fact, when you go to a place like where Bill and Cheryl are, it's everything or nothing. There is no halfway territory. I believe with all of my heart we can have a 
powerful, Holy Ghost anointed, growing church any place in America where there are people. Let's rebuke this lie from the devil that it's all Mormon or it's all Catholic or it's all heathen or it's all burn over. Let me tell you, you heard about it last night. God's got a key for your city and you can get on your face before God in fasting and praying and seeking God and He's got something unique and unusual and supernatural that He'll give you for your place. Hallelujah. Amen. And it can be something that no church growth expert has ever heard of. Happened in my town. I don't, I don't have time to tell you. I think I told it the last time I was here. But the greatest move of God I ever saw in my life, it lasted over four years. It added over 1,000 people to our morning worship attendance and hundreds to other churches in the area. You know how it started? It started with two drunk hippies invading our Sunday night service and getting saved and delivered and filled with the Holy Ghost. And that was the spark. Now, I was like most of you. I was reaching for the mayor and got two drunk hippies. <laughs> I just thought that was so good. He, he's actually speaking to a, a lot of leaders, but he talks about how to build the local church, we have to begin to do what God's telling us to do. And in this particular sharing, he was sharing how the assemblies of God have been decreasing. And he said in, in his research, he found out they were all going over to those independent charismatic churches. And then we call up and say, hey, we're going to bring an interdenominational charismatic church to town. How about that? But he was willing. He said, we all got to learn. He said, if some church is bigger than your church, get over there. And he said, I'll go over and have lunch with the pastor and find out what they're doing. See, God is ready to do something new. I believe this in my heart. But it takes the fire of the Holy Ghost. It takes the presence of God. And I chose those songs today because we need to practice his presence, all of us individually and in church, because that's where the burdens lift. When the anointing comes, it lifts the burden and it breaks the yoke that's on people's lives. And I believe the world is in such hurt and those of you that are watching today, maybe you're home because you got hurt in a church. But God has something wonderful for the church of the living God right now. And people are going to begin to see the glory of God like they never have. But it will take willing and obedience to a, a place of where it says this is your reasonable service. When you lay down your life and you say, oh, God, you're first. Whatever it is, this is what we're going to do. And, and I feel that when I come on this property. I'm not saying today that we're buying this property, but I'm saying where we're supposed to be. And because my husband had said he was going to step away and do these other things, he said to me, you will have to know what God is saying. That's the first time he's ever said that to me. Usually it's, you know, all, all here too. This, in this situation, it's me. And I want to tell you, I believe God with all my heart that we are right where we're supposed to be. And there is going to be a fire on the roof. And there is going to be a fire in the house. 
And it is going to be, let the church bells ring, God is in the house. Because he is coming for a church that is without spot or wrinkle. And a church that understands the anointing and the power of God. And that's what it's going to take to break through and to get to see what we're going to see in the earth today. How many of you believe that? Let's stand today. Thank you, Jesus. Um, to me, that give me this mountain, when I read that for Caleb, you know, we all have things to possess. I believe in, you individually have things that God's asking you to possess. It may be um, situations with family members. I'm, I'm not going to leave my family members out of church. How many of you are ready to call your family members back into where they need to be? How many of you know they've been, they've been drug off by the devil? They have been drug off by things they should not be in the midst of. And the Bible has a promise in it. If you train a child up in the way that they should go, they will not depart from it. I believe it's time to pray for the children. Vicki's praying for children on Facebook. Do what God gives you to do right now for what God is asking in your life, whether it's fasting, prayer, speaking, but be aware we're on duty. Everybody say we're on duty. The army of God has been called into action, and we are not on a sideline. We are a part of what's going on, and we will overcome the enemy. This is not, I'm not saying for who to people to vote for, but it's time to vote for righteousness. Because if we want righteousness in the land, we got to get righteous people in the offices. And it's time for us to take that position. In the beginning, the church house was the schoolhouse. And so it's time for us to begin to take our prayers against the things that are happening in schools. And, the, and there's a lot of division and strife right now in the schools. We are on assignment for great things for God. But it is going to reap a harvest that we are going to be able to contain only by the grace of God. Amen? But I love all of you, and uh, today when I pulled up out here, I was playing this song. This is your house, Father, come and dwell. This is your house, a holy house of prayer, where the lost and the lonely bring their burdens and their cares. This is your house, this is your house, come and dwell. And what I felt was just this anointing that came down over me. And it was like, this is the time that I've spoken to you about. I believe we're going to see great things. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you today for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you're moving in our midst. I thank you for my husband. I thank you that the things he does are just seeds he's sowing for what will happen in this church. Lord, we are going from glory to glory, and we are not waiting on what the enemy is trying to do to see what we do. We are going to be the, on the offense, and we are carrying the ball, and we are going for the goal. In Jesus' name, I thank you for every family here that's represented. In Jesus' name, I want to pray for families today as we close. How many of you have children and, or you just have family members that they're, gonna, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing? Let's lift our hands wherever you are. And let's just say this, Father, I thank you that my children are the seed of the righteous, and they will not be forsaken. They will follow you because they belong to you. They choose you. They walk in your ways. They love you with all their heart. They do not follow the enemy. 
They do not listen to the voice of the enemy. They listen to the voice of God. They speak what you speak, and they do what you say. I declare it over them. I bind you, devil, in the name of Jesus, from stealing my family, from stealing my children, from stealing my relatives. I stand in the gap, and I command you, in the name of Jesus, devil, get your hands off of God's property. They belong to God first, and they love God with all their heart, with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their strength, and with all their might. And they hunger. They hunger for the things of God. They are searching, Lord, for you. Send laborers across their path and bring them in. Bring the prodigals home in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I pray, I pray, I know your word is truth, and I believe that when we call it, it's done in the name of Jesus. So say this, Father, I thank you that my children, all of my children, all of my family are walking with God. They are not walking away. In the name of Jesus, they are coming in. I thank you for it. I praise you for it. And I declare that my God is greater than any force that would separate my family from you. In Jesus' name, everybody give God praise because that's the truth. We need to continue to pray and begin to speak what we want to see. I want to pray for you today that if you're here, and I believe everybody knows Jesus. Anybody in here not know Jesus? Okay, if you're online and you've never received Jesus, today is the day of salvation. That's what the Word says. And we want you to be prosperous. We want you to succeed. And God, more than us, wants you to be who you're called to be. So we're going to pray a prayer. And if you've never received Jesus or maybe you've run away, today's your day to come home. Today's your day to come back to the things of God because he has such a wonderful plan for your life. And the Bible says if you just pray and speak, that your very confession will cause salvation to take place in your life, and Jesus will become the Lord of your life, and he will help you, and he will get you where you need to be. Let's all pray together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me. Thank you that you have a plan, Lord, for me. And today, I yield my heart. Forgive my sins. Change me. Mold me into what you see. I am willing. I am a willing vessel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's make this confession. I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. The anointing of God is upon my life because Jesus lives in me. I have authority in the kingdom of God, it has been given to me to exercise, to exercise, to exercise on a daily basis. I speak the word. I live the word. If I fall, I shall arise. I am finishing strong every day. Jesus is the Lord over my life 
everywhere I go, people see the Jesus in me, and they will follow me into the kingdom of God. I believe a harvest is coming in to my life, to this church, to this nation, and the devil is stopped in the name of Jesus. Greater is he that is in me than is he that is in the world. Amen? Go and be blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.